to the Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show. Let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chain. Here is your host, Kathy. Hey. <clears throat> Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. If you haven't followed me yet on the podcast app that you're listening to me on, make sure to follow me, subscribe to my show. If you want to comment on the episodes, go to YouTube. Find my show there, Strictly Anonymous. I'm there on YouTube. That's a great place to subscribe to my show because you could comment on the episodes. I love getting into conversations about the episodes. <laughs> if, you're, uh, if you haven't followed me yet on Instagram or Twitter, make sure to follow me at Strict Anonymous and definitely follow me there if you want to be on the show because if you want to be on the show, you could DM me over there. You could send me an email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com, or you could go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast.com, and click on be on the show. Or <laughs> you can call me on my confessions hotline. It is available 24 7. You could call that number. It's a confession sign, so you could leave a naughty confession, or you could leave me a message about wanting to be on the show. That number is 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could do that anytime, 24-7. Like I said, I change everybody's voices on the confessions line as well as on my show. So it's called anonymous, strictly anonymous, because you remain anonymous. You make up a name. I change your voice. If you want to talk to me on the DL and be super anonymous and have me never air our conversation, I do offer that. A lot of people that do that, they do that because they have like an issue or a problem and they need someone to talk to. I'm great at that. I love doing that. You could uh, call in and not air and not be aired. <laughs> Just send me an email, send you the details. I do 45 minute calls. They're $100. Like I said, if you're interested, send me an email or there's links to all of this stuff and information about all of this stuff in the description. I think I said everything that I need to promote. <laughs> Let's talk about my caller today. His name is Aaron. You know, and Aaron is a great storyteller. You're going to be very relaxed uh, listening to his episode. I never interrupt him, barely ever, even once, because he's so good at just like telling his story. He had them all written down so that he wouldn't forget a effing thing. I was worried that he was going to, because when he sent me his email and he told me all the things that he had done, I was like, oh, I got to keep these bullets in front of me. So I make sure he remembers them all, but he remembered them. And it is funny that I never interrupted him because when we got to the end of the call, he did mention that he's been listening to my show forever. And he was like, you know, don't ever feel bad about interrupting people because you always do it in the right times. And yet this was the first time I didn't interrupt him. And that's because he's a great storyteller. His name is Aaron. He has ha been with two women, two wives, 
And he has played with uh, both of them. The first one was one of those girls that are like those partners. I won't say girls because sometimes they're guys, but like one of those partners where they had an open relationship. They had a lot of threesomes with roommates and coworkers and all kinds of crazy things because they were young, they were married, but they were open. And he was very into his wife being with other guys. She was into being with other people, but she had a little, she was very like conflicted about it. And there were issues. And she was one of those people that was like, like seeing people behind his back and being dishonest, it all kind of blew up in his face and they got divorced. And then he had another wife who uh, was the opposite of her, but in ways that she wasn't like uh, doing things behind his back. She was cool and they're still married to this day. And they have done a lot of playing, swinging, sleeping with other people, open relationships, MMF, FFF, all those shit, you know. <laughs> all that stuff <laughs> that we talk about on my show. And he was great at telling all of their stories. Like I said, he talks about all the stories of his first wife, his second wife and him uh, had have had a lot of different experiences, you know, with guys that they met online. He talked about a BBW experience. He had a hot fireman that they met up with a Halloween party and a lot of BDSM that was going down, some swinger party situation with the DP that he was got to watch. <laughs> he does have a story about, you know, crossing swords and touching swords and swords touching each other's even, you know, and how that played out for him and, you know, why he did it. <laughs> and then uh, the campgrounds, the nudist campgrounds that they went to and the swinger uh places party places I think it was uh it's called dark odyssey it's like a swinger vacation destination I think it was I don't know but he talks all about it he tells you specific stories that went down all of these places he's been swinging had an open relationship since the beginning and he came on to talk all about it uh so I'm gonna get right to it and be back on with Aaron this is the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Uh, hi, Aaron. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing just great. Very excited to talk to you, Kathy. Yeah, you know, you sent me an email and it was kind of funny timing because you're like, oh, it, that subject line was like the good, the bad and the ugly about swinging. I, you know, you've been doing it since the dawn of time. You have a lot of stories. And I was like, oh, I just am airing an episode. I just had a guy on named Bob who was like, I want to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly about swimming. But most of his stories were the good, you know, nothing was really that bad in his stories. But you have been swinging for a long time, you've had two different wives and you've had many different experiences in the lifestyle with both of them, correct? Uh, yes. So why don't you start with, I mean, you know, did it all start with that first wife? Were you doing anything before her or was it your first foray into the lifestyle was with her and your guy's decision? Um, you know, as I was making notes, to send you for these stories mm -hmm. it occurred to me that going all the way back to my very first girlfriend in high school yeah um you know i kind of had an interest that i i wasn't jealous i was just really excited by my partner's sexuality mm -hmm. so that excited me i've always been considered like a nice guy a little bit shy a little bit introverted 
when I was in school, I was teased for reading a lot and not liking sports. So I've always had more girls as friends. And, you know, when I was in high school, this was like the late 70s. So going back then, if you remember the, the pop culture then, the idea was kind of that, you know, men are chauvinist pigs, they're perverts, they prey on women for sex, and really any sex outside of a loving relationship is abusive. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, I, I was just really very cautious about broaching the subject of sex, you know, with my female friends, and a lot of times I'd see girls I was attracted to end up with guys who were kind of jerks, and I'd keep missing my opportunity. But then when I got my first girlfriend, she had already had a serious boyfriend. She was very sexual, very horny, but she decided that she liked me better than him. And she was really eager to, you know, teach me a thing or two about what the sex thing was all about. So I was a very eager student and I realized early on that I really enjoyed hearing her stories about this other guy. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it didn't make me jealous and it kind of stoked my ego because I felt like, oh, that's what he wasn't good at. I'm going to be so much better at that. So it was a way of always feeling like, you know, I was trying to better myself and prove that I was, you know, a good lover. So did you ever see her with other guys? I mean, did you ever play out that fantasy? No, we ne- we never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the relationship didn't last that long. It was, you know, a high school fling. So I met my, I met my first wife. I'll call her Lisa. Okay. Okay. And that was in the mid 1980s, and we were in our mid 20s. She was also really quiet, kind of shy. So both of us were kind of introverted, and our initial sexual relationship was kind of very tentative. So there's a dark part of this story that I don't really want to dwell on too much. And that's that early on, I learned that she was a victim of childhood sex abuse. Mm -hmm. So she kind of fluctuated back and forth. I referred to it as kind of this Jekyll and Hyde sexuality where she'd be like really shameful and about sex and not want to do anything sexual. And then other times she would be like really horny and really kinky and want to act out. And then. Oh yeah. Right. So it was kind of hard for me because I had this sort of feminist mindset about, well, I don't want to be abusive, but I'm also interested in kinky stuff. And sometimes she is, and sometimes she isn't. So that was difficult. And back then we didn't have a lot of the language that we have now for understanding different and changing dynamics. Yeah. So we're just kind of, you know, figuring it out as we went. So the the first fun we really had was when we got our first apartment together as a couple and we were friends with another couple that lived in the apartment and I'll call them Denise and Hank. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they lived upstairs from us or we lived upstairs from them and we were really broke both, both couples so when we'd get together, it was basically playing cards, maybe smoke some pot. We couldn't always even afford beer, so we drink Kool-Aid and stuff. Well, then in the mid-80s, when VCRs came out, we would go and rent movies to watch together, and we would invariably get some X-rated tapes. 
and we'd start watching those, you know, together. <laughs> so after that, we and went vacationing together at a, a resort, like in the off season. So when we were vacationing at that cabin, we all got in the hot tub together, mm-hmm. and my wife and Denise started playing together under the bubbles, but they didn't tell Hank about it. They knew I knew about it, and I was so excited I couldn't get out of the hot tub. Then the girls got out, went back to the showers together, and when they came back, they told me that they had been playing with each other in the locker room because no one else was there. And still Hank didn't know mm-hmm. that he and I went to a liquor store to leave the girls alone for a while. And they totally got it on while we were out. And that was the first time either of them had really done anything with right. each other. Mm-hmm. But we decided at that point that we really wanted to do a full swap, uh, a foursome. Uh-huh. Because I was most interested in, in my wife's pleasure, I was hoping it would be all four of us together, same room. Hank really wanted to, you know, be with my wife alone first. And then, so he suggested the swap scenario. Yeah. It's like, well, all right, if that's the price to pay to have the foursome, we'll do that. And that's where it started to get pretty funny because I was so excited about getting Lisa prepared for this and I was shaving her pussy and I was picking out her lingerie and her dress and all this and when we swapped and Denise came up she was like wearing a t-shirt and sweatpants (laughs) when she stripped down she was wearing like quilted granny panties (laughs) and it's like what the hell yeah and she she had like you're kind of like this isn't an equal trade i just sent over a chick in a hot ass outfit and you sent me over granny panties it's fucked up exactly exactly (laughs) yeah and she had like really big boobs and i've always kind of preferred smaller breasts but i thought well this is a novelty let's see what this is all about and they were the the softest most liquidy breasts i've ever touched in my life it's really like just bags of milk you know, oh, and like they weren't firm at all. They were no. She yeah, took yeah. off the bra and they were just like, bloop, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, yeah, uh-huh, the not dense. <laughs> and then she also had like these long blonde hairs all around her nipples. Which... Oh my god, let's not ruin the story. Keep going, oh, Peter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told you're ruining the bad, fucking ugly. story. <laughs> Good, bad, ugly, and hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You did. Yes, you're not here to gloss over anything. <laughs> no, so. Anyway, I wanted to focus on her. So, you know, the long erotic massage and going down on her and fingering her and making her come. She went down on me for a while and then I had held off so long I couldn't get it up to come. Mm-hmm. So that was just kind of a deal. It's like I'd wait and wait and wait. And then it was like my dick is like, well, I'm going to bed. I'm checking out. Right. And the whole time I was preoccupied thinking about, oh, my God, I wonder what my wife is doing with him and, you know, what's what's going on. I can't wait to hear about it. We had planned to get together again the next morning and kind of swap stories and check in. And my wife didn't come back. And she had had a freak out, got in the car, drove off, was confiding in a friend, hysterical, making it sound like I had made her do this awful thing. 
So that was awful how it blew up. And later on when we got back together and she kind of calmed down, she told me that, no, it wasn't terrible. She just kind of it was triggered by the situation. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool, too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline, 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. You could call that number 24-7. I change all the voices on the confessions too, so you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. He, Hank had not cared at all about her lingerie or her preparation. He stripped her immediately and he fucked her like a rabbit. Obviously, and, he sent her, oh, like, that's always a projection. You know, you sent your wife over the way you like women to be. And he sent his wife over in what was most important to him, you know. And some guys are into that kind of stuff. Some guys aren't. He wasn't. It was obvious by the way his wife showed up. Right. And he basically screwed her like six or seven times oh, yeah, in the course yeah. of the night. Mm-hmm. And each and each time he would just fuck really fast, but it would take him longer and longer to come each time. So she was really sore and, you know, she was basically just being used like a fleshlight, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was bad. But after we kind of hashed it over, we really had a laugh about it. It's like, oh my God, we were so wound up. And both of them came multiple times, and neither of us came even once. The other couple, meaning his wife and him, both came with you guys, but you guys didn't come from them. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, did the thought of your wife with the other guy turn you on? It really did. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was disappointed for her, but the overall, the idea of it turned me on. Uh So then years later, this is moving into the better parts of the story. Yeah. my my friend Keith had moved in. We'd been longtime friends, and he knew the story about our experience with Hank and Denise. He thought it was really hot. He also thought it was really hilarious. So then my wife and he started flirting more and more and more. It was just a very sexually charged environment when he was our roommate. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd, we'd play cards in the living room. My wife would often sit on the floor. She might be wearing just like a pajama top and keep tucking it in to cover up her crotch. And you could see her cleavage down the neck of the shirt and, you know, stuff like that. She would just, when she'd be out sunbathing, she'd just like hold her top over her boobs and walk through the room. And you could just see his eyes following her. It it just kept going on and on until eventually we confided to him that we were interested in doing a foursome or a threesome with him. Yeah. If, if he was up for it and he's like, <laughs> he's like yeah absolutely he's like i've i've been waiting for this forever mm-hmm. but just like hank he asked if he could be with her alone first to get over like any nerves about being watched around me and another guy yeah yeah that makes sense uh-huh 
And it, yeah, it kind of does. And I knew they were both hot and, you know, he was a good friend. So I figured it's not just an excuse and then he'll bail. Right. So, and you're, and he lives there. He's not leaving. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so they went, went out one night and went parking in his truck. I stayed home just waiting for her to come home and tell me all about it. Oh, they didn't do it in the apartment. No, they, they did it in a they, car. Car sack. They did Hilarious. it in his truck. Oh, yep. in his truck. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. Great big truck, big bench seat. They had a great time. She came back. I had actually fallen asleep, and she woke me up, and she just started teasing me and playing with me, and just really slowly drawing it out, asking me to guess what they'd done, and then she would confirm or correct me and slowly undressing me and riding me while she's telling it and i'll always remember when she first took off her top and she turned up the light on the headboard to show me all the little bruises and hickeys all over her tits from you know where he'd been attacking her boobs Uh uh-huh and that was just so hot you know and she was talking about how thrilled he was and how he was just so complimentary about how good she was at giving head. And he really wanted to fuck her in the ass because he knew that that's something that she enjoyed, mm-hmm. but he was pretty big. So she said, not tonight, but when we do our threesome, we can try. So that was kind of the way she brought him back into, you know, the, the threesome and all of us together. Uh huh. And oh my God, our first threesome at our home, we started out playing strip poker, kind of, you know, kind of a cliche, but it was really fun. And as we got stripped down, then we started playing for favors and saying, well, I would like to see you kiss him. I would like to see you suck on her nipples and I would like to see you go down on him. And it ended up in like a full threesome swap where you know, both of us were fucking her and, you know, he tried to do her in the ass, but he couldn't get it in. But, you know, she tried, agreed that they would try again later. So while he was there, we got together probably seven or eight different times. We did some bondage games, some flogging. Um, he was not as into the BDSM stuff as she and I were, but we did do DP for the first time. And that was absolutely thrilling. Oh, with him that night? Who got in her ass? You did because he was too big? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was the way it went. Yeah, yeah. Later on, later on, he did, you know, do that with her. Mm-hmm. But this is where, again, it starts to go off the rails, is they started playing separately without my knowledge and kind of leaving me out. Oh, God. You know, you wonder well, why the fuck would somebody when they have free, but you hear it all the time. And it's that that was because she was so, you know, all that trauma. She was very up and down. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even in the beginning, then it was it was hard for me to deal with because he was kind of a greedy or selfish lover. It was hard for Lisa to come. She'd have to really concentrate. And it took a lot of focus. Mm-hmm. And he would get her all horned up, but not finish her. And then she'd come back to me all wound up so I could help get her off. 
But she wasn't well, telling was, you that she was with him first? Yeah, there were times that, you know, it worked out and I understood what had happened. Yeah. But then then later on, you know, they were meeting more and more often and not telling me about it. I would start to find, you know, clues and stuff. And I just felt like I wouldn't really even mind if you were doing it, if you just shared that with me. Of course. Or, you you know, were, it was obvious you were into it. Yeah. It always, it never makes sense, but it does, you know, human nature. Some people are just fucked up. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, there was just growing resentment around that and jealousy and, then you know there was a financial crisis involved all that stupid stuff so yeah you're young he ended, he ended up moving out and it kind of ended our friendship um but then we move into another fun part and that was a few years later when lisa started sharing these quote-unquote fantasies about hooking up with a much younger co-worker mm -hmm. and she described him as really tall with long blonde hair she said he looked like Thor and he really turned her on. And I was like, well, okay. You know, we'd start to do the pillow talk fantasy thing about what she might be doing with this guy. Yeah. Only later on, I started to figure out maybe that wasn't just her making up stories. That was her confessing stuff they had actually done. Oh, to, I didn't see that to, one to coming. Gauge, <laughs> like to gauge my reaction to it. And of course, I was like, no, that would be really hot. Yeah. Well, he also ended up moving in with us, but here's, get this. Yes, he's tall with long hair, but he was really kind of a dumpy stoner guy. Mm -hmm. And he was only like 19 at the time. He couldn't even legally buy beer. <laughs> so it was kind of crazy. And, you know, we did have a threesome and it was really exciting watching her with him. But in this case, it wasn't about him. It was just. You know, the situation was hot. It was exciting to see her so turned on that someone else wanted her and that he was so aroused and then I was so aroused. And she was, she just loved being the focus of our attention. Now, did, could you tell, like, did you ever find out whether, whether or not she was ever with him before? Uh, no, she, she said she, she wasn't, but I really feel like she was trying to, I, I don't believe it. I think, I think there was. would be clues to their body language when they were hooking up that time in front of you. Did it seem like this is new? Yes. Lo does this look like new lovers that are together? Yeah. I think you could tell the difference unless they're a porn yeah. star, right? No, I mean, <laughs> even like the the way they would embrace and kiss, it, it looked like. They've oh, been yeah. there before. Like he knows where that spot is on, on her neck. He He knows exactly how to presses thumbs into the insides of her thighs you know that kind yeah of thing. for sure so you could it's tell like, but you're the type of guy that it doesn't fucking matter <laughs> well yeah right yeah there was one night in particular that even though it this ended bad it was a super hot night where he was living in the basement we were in our bedroom upstairs and we started messing around she started telling me all these things she was wanted to do with him and I said, well, why don't you go downstairs right now and do that and then come back up and tell me about it? And she did. Mm -hmm. And she'd go downstairs. She'd be down there for like half hour, 45 minutes. And then she'd come back up and she's like, yeah, you know, this is what we did. And he went down on me. I sat on his face. I, 
you know, made him do this and that. And then he fucked my ass. And, and I'd like, really? And then she'll be like, well, look. And she like, show me cum on her tits. And it's like, oh my God. So then we would have another session. And then she would go downstairs again. Oh, wow. And she went up and down the stairs like three or four times that night. And it was just, you know, he was young, so he could get it up and keep going. Yeah. And I think I came two or maybe three times, but I was excited just to be on edge and kind of like listening at the top of the stairs to like hear what was going on, the bed springs and stuff. That was just, just a thrill. Because I can she, imagine that's like a really I mean, because a lot of people won't have that kind of experience because they don't have a person living in their basement, you know, but all like every part of that scenario, the way it all works out is kind of like the hottest thing for any guy who's into their girl being with somebody else. I mean, come on. It's like to go back and forth. You know, normally it's like a one-time thing. You were back and forth and she was going back and forth. I mean, for everybody in that scenario, it's like a super hot thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was just a sexual goddess that night. And every time she'd come back up, you know, she'd be a little sweatier, a little more disheveled, you know, flushed and swollen it's just like oh my god this is really happening abused (laughs) yeah and then then she'd disappear again and i'd just be sitting there like visualizing it's like well if they've already done this this and this what more is there what what, now what are they gonna do wow Mm -hmm. you know it it, it was it was incredibly intense Mm -hmm. but again you know they started kind of hooking up together he was a wreck I mean, he had a drug and alcohol <laughs> issue. He was um, young, 19. Yeah. And my wife really was old enough to know better. Yeah. But she was kind of living out her own teenage years that she had not been able to experience. So, I mean, that that all went off the rails and that did contribute to our, our eventual divorce. Oh, wow. But now we're moving into the much more fun parts of the story. The second wife. Yeah, the second wife. And I'll call her L or just my wife. Okay. Now, she was almost the opposite of my first wife. And I'd like to think that she kind of reminds me of you, Kathy, that she's really confident. She's outgoing. You know, just very competent person. And she was kind of a hippie chick Mm -hmm. with a very positive and kind of playful attitude about sex. On our very first date, when we we actually met through the personals back in a print weekly, which tells you how long ago this wow, was. Wow, uh-huh. But the first time we met at a coffee shop, I noticed that she had an ankle bracelet, just a little bit of, like, hair on her ankle. And that would, like, bum some people out. But it kind of made me wonder if she might have underarm hair because... That's something that really excites me. And I think it goes back to the first uh, edition of The Joy of Sex. Mm-hmm. You remember that book? It has yeah. illustrations of all the hairy armpit hippies and stuff. And I just thought she was great. And she was really hot. But we'd been married for about 10 years before we ever did anything involving other people. You know, our sex life had been you know, good. It was playful and creative and 
you know, mildly kinky. But then podcasts came out and I started listening to all the swinger and lifestyle and BDSM podcasts. And I really started to understand that this is a female centered lifestyle. It's like what the women say goes, they call the shots. It's about their enjoyment and the guys either behave themselves and play by the rules or they're out of there. So I got my wife to listen to a few of these podcasts. She's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty interesting. I, I'm not opposed to that. I, I, that's something I might explore. And like so many other people you've interviewed on your show, we started out with adult friend finder because it was free <laughs> and we created, um, you know, a pro profile on there. And then we also found a lifestyle kind of BDSM group that would put on different workshops. So we'd go there and we'd see all these different topics covered from latex to rope bondage and knife play. And it just really ramped up our sex life and our interest in all these activities. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to invite other people to join us for that. In the beginning, we made a newbie mistake where we would contact people for dinner and drinks. And that be, that got expensive and really awkward because you meet a lot of people that seem good online that you right away, you know, I don't ever want to play with them. Oh, or right. They, and or, then you're stuck with them for the whole right, night. Out, right. Gonna, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Now we're going to sit here and struggle through a steak together. It's like, no, thanks. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So the first few experiences we had were with single men it, it's not hard to find single men that want to come join you so the first few we got together with really were pretty good but it was kind of vanilla we were super excited about all the build-up all the preparation you know our hearts are just racing we're just super horny thinking about it and then they'd show up and you know she'd blow them they'd she'd blow me and they'd fuck her and I'd fuck her. And it was kind of exciting. But then when they left, it's like, well, that wasn't really as good as I was hoping or expecting, you know, they were kind of in there and out of there and they were done, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we met some couples that were really fun. Uh, one of my favorites was, kind of interesting that she was one of the largest bodied women I've ever been with. I mean, she, she was, she was a very large woman and her husband was a slim guy, but she was just so fun and bubbly and exciting. And she made me feel great about myself. Mm -hmm. So when we went to their place to play with them, I remember thinking, well, here goes. I, how's this going to work? I don't really know. And she was mostly into like a playing solo where she liked to cuck her husband and he wasn't usually involved. But in this instance, we said, look, we want same room play and kind of a soft swap scenario. And she's like, well, all right. We had an absolute blast. And she was just, she loved me sucking on her toes, giving her a massage. She loved to have her ass just kind of humped. 
mm-hmm. which was exciting. She gave great head. She had great tits. And we were all on the same bed. And her husband was just over the moon about my wife. He couldn't believe how generous she was and how she gave head. And he's like, oh, you let me touch your ass. You let me touch your ass. And I remember his wife like kept kind of turning and looking. And you could tell maybe she was a little annoyed at just how excited her husband was (laughs) about my wife. (laughs) Yeah. So we had a great time. And as we were saying goodnight, and usually in a swinging situation, you don't say at the end if you're going to get together and play. You kind of, you know, debrief about that separately and, you know, we'll get back to you or not. Right at the door, we're like, well, you know, we had such a good time. If you ever want to, you know, hook up again. And her husband's like, how about tomorrow night? How about tomorrow night? If tomorrow's not good, how about the next night? And I remember her kind of like closing the door on us. And then they, they wrote us a glowing review. It was really flattering. But then like a few days later, they took their profile down. I think she was just done with him. Oh, wow. So that was. So that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But then the best guy we ever had was, uh, I'll call him Fireman Dave. He was a first responder. He was older than us, but he was an athlete. He did like marathons and all kinds of endurance stuff. I've never known anyone who was as ripped as this guy. Incredibly well, if you ever look at, have you ever seen those videos of what a fireman like has to go through to get onto the into the department. I mean, it's pretty oh, yeah. hardcore. I don't, you know, a lot of people would not it, be able to is. pass that test. No, and this guy would like sit down his coffee cup, go do that course, and come back and finish his lunch. Right, right. And, right. And he was like, a, he was like an endurance athlete. Mm-hmm. So it was astounding to us because you know my wife and I are you know normal people. Yeah. You know. You know sevens on a good day when we put in a little effort, you know, but he was just, he brought so much positive energy. He was assertive without being like dominant or pushy. Mm -hmm. As soon as we met him, he like just held my wife's hand across the table while we're having coffee, told her how she had beautiful eyes, how he loved the shape of her body. She was just glowing. It's like, oh my God, you know, I'm getting all this attention from someone who is not my husband. When we got together, it was one of the hottest and kinkiest sessions where he came in as soon as he shook my hand, he like embraced her, he kissed her, started feeling her up pretty much turned her around and marched her upstairs to our bedroom. She's looking back over her shoulder at me like, wow, this is going down. (laughs) And, you know, she went down on both of us. We both went down on her. She Then she is usually a little quiet or reserved, but she's like, you know, I really like rope. Well, we got out the rope. We had her tied up. We were taking turns on her. She came so many times. And then he turned her over and he started playing with her ass. Now we've done, you know, some anal, but it's kind of an infrequent thing that takes a lot of work up. He had a technique where he was 
slow and steady. And he was in her in like no time. And she was like coming as soon as he got inside. And right as he was starting to pump her and she was coming, his pager goes off. He's got an emergency he has to respond to. Oh, no. So get this. He's like, I am so, so sorry, but I have to go. I would love to get a rain check and come back, but I'm sure you're in good hands. I'm sure Aaron can finish you off here. And just like that, he got on his clothes. He left. We were still on the bed trembling. I was still untying her when his car pulled away. <laughs> so Hilarious. The good, the bad, the hilarious. He did come back. We got he together did? with him. Yeah, a few, not that night. Right, but, but other times, yeah. Yeah, on other occasions. And each time was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I have some photos of them together. And I have one in particular. It's of my wife's face. She's riding him in reverse cowgirl. And she's like right on the brink of her orgasm. And I told her to look up and she just like raised her head. Her eyes are like half lidded, that kind of kind of stoned look and her mouth open. And the, the picture is just gorgeous. It's like, man, everyone is beautiful when they're coming. You know, they're, it was just astounding. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We met uh, another couple that was really fun. I'll call them the, the pirate hat couple. Mm hmm. That was at a swing club that hosted a Halloween costume party. It wasn't a play party. It was in a like a hotel. So it was just people flirting and mingling. It turned out it was the first time this couple had ever gone to an event. And I always felt like my wife and I were kind of the, the newbies. They really liked our pirate hats. That Those were our costumes. They asked if they could buy it from us. And I said, no, but you can have it in exchange for a kiss. And I didn't realize that was the most forward thing anyone had ever said to this other woman. But she gave me the kiss. We ended up uh, hooking up with them several times over the next few years. They became like our regular play partners. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was always soft swap, but they were kinky. And he was by. He was always hoping that maybe I would be interested in that. And I really wasn't. It didn't turn me off, but I didn't, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. But his girlfriend loved rope. She loved bondage. She was really into exploring spanking and flogging and stuff like that. So I just had a throw. I felt like, you know, oh, let me show you. And he would get so turned on watching her get turned on. And then he was so turned on by my wife and we would just play back and forth. And neither she nor my wife are really bi. But when you're in a sexually charged environment and you're on the bed side by side, hands start to wander. They'd start to kiss. They'd play with each other's tits. And that would just get us going more and more. So that that was absolutely thrilling. And then one night, they invited us on their boat. It wasn't a huge boat, but it did have a little cabin. You could go down. There was a bed in there. And the night started with him saying, hey, why don't you show Aaron the surprise you have for him? 
and she raised her arms and she had grown out her underarm hair just for me because she knew that I liked that. Oh, that's so funny. That word on the street is this guy likes it if the woman has hairy armpits. Right. So, I mean, I just, I thought that was a thrill. So we end up playing back and forth and side by side. And at one point, both the women were like standing on the deck, but bent over the bed. And he and I were standing behind our, our women and, and fucking them in that position. And then the women reached under and were kind of playing with each other's clits while we're fucking them. And that really turned me on. And then he reached over and started like rubbing and playing with my wife's ass. So I reached over and started playing with her ass. Before you know it, his hand kind of wanders down and now he's grabbing around the base of my cock as I'm fucking my wife. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, God damn, that feels awesome. So when you're in that supercharged environment. Yeah, just, just like the women, the... like you explain, like yeah. in the middle of that kind of scenario, sometimes something will happen. If it feels good, you go with it. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. Right. And it's like, you know, if the women left, I don't think the two of us would feel compelled to keep playing. Mm-hmm. But I, I reached down and returned the favor. So there's the women, you know, jilling each other off. And there's us like squeezing our cocks, using like our fingers like cock rings while we're fucking the women. And oh my God, that was just incredible. Mm-hmm. Then there was another time when that couple had found another swinger like a house party and they invited us to go it was you know a private thing in a private home uh so it seemed a little dodgy we weren't really sure what to expect so the whole time it's like well no expectations we'll just check it out if we're not comfortable we'll leave all that well they had a really great setup the basement was kind of dark with twinkle lights and they had these giant uh, like bean bags, they were like the size of two king size mattresses piled on each other. And I think there were probably like six or seven couples that showed up, and people were just fucking in front of each other and playing around in front of each other. And one of the most memorable parts of that night was my wife was like leaned over the bean bag. I was fucking her from behind, just going real slow and looking around and watching everybody. And there was another couple beside us and the guy was on his back. She was taking him anally and like reverse cowgirl facing towards his feet. Mm -hmm. And then she lay back on his chest and another guy got between and she was getting dp'd in that position right beside us and she was a beautiful younger woman and there's just all the sounds of what's going on and i'm watching them and she and i made eye contact and while she's getting double fucked and i'm fucking my wife our eyes were just locked and it felt like i was also fucking her and she was fucking me and it was just this electric connection that was just amazing. That's kind of interesting. And then my, my wife was in such a playful mood at that party that when it was time to leave, she was going all around the house saying, I can't find my panties. I left, I lost my panties and they're my husband's favorite ones. And people were like, 
oh yeah, prove it. And she's like lifting up her slip, showing that she's not wearing panties. <laughs> it was just so only at playful. a swingers party would that good. <laughs> yeah, it was so playful. I just yeah. got a huge kick out of it. Then there was another time that this pirate hat couple invited us to a party at their house with another couple that we'd we'd met but hadn't played with. So my wife, the whole way there, is like, uh, I don't expect me to do anything. I don't know them. And if it doesn't feel right, I'm not doing anything. Don't push me to do anything. It's like, when would I ever push you to do anything? You know, of course, you know, whatever, whatever. And she seemed kind of down on the whole thing. And then once we get there, we've been in the house like 10 minutes. And the host said, well, how do we start this party? This is always the hard part is breaking the ice. My wife, who'd been so reluctant 10 minutes earlier, said, well, my wife, or Aaron brought some rope. So what if he blindfolds the, us girls and you tie us to chairs and then the guys just go back and forth and do whatever they want with us? Oh, gosh. That's like a gangbang or something. I don't even know. Yeah, we all like, we all like got whiplash, like looking at it like, who, who just suggested that? <laughs> But we did. It was super fun. It was really playful. We blindfolded them. We tied them up. But then it was really just a lot of soft touching and teasing and kissing and going down on them one after another and asking if they could guess who was doing it. And, you know, then getting out the toys and, you know, then having them suck us. One of my prized possessions is I have a photograph of the three women with their breasts in bondage with rope harnesses I tied on them and my arms around all three of them as they're just smiling at the camera. It was, it was just fantastic. Yeah. You have a lot of these little moments captured on film. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then my wife found a campground that she thought was just like a nudist camp she thought it was you know clothing optional but she didn't know it was a swinger campground so when i looked at the website and it's like oh my god you're ready for that yeah absolutely count me in so we went there and we're getting a tour on the golf course and we're seeing naked people walking around and then we go past a campground where there's this couple openly fucking she's up back on a picnic table with her head hanging over the edge She's smiling and waving at us upside down as we drive by. <laughs> and my wife is just gasping like, oh, my God. Right. What What are we here for? It's like, you, you didn't understand? Yeah. Well, then we brought, we brought this other couple there, and we had a blast doing, like, outdoor bondage and taking turns tying each other up among the trees and things like that. They would do different kinds of events and activities you know keep things fun and one time they were doing a scavenger hunt my wife and i weren't really we didn't meet other people at that campground we were into it was kind of a drunk frat boy kind of atmosphere that did not appeal to us so we would always ask for a campsite that was kind of far removed mm -hmm. so we were i had my wife tied up she was standing with her arms tied to the trees and I had been toying with her for a long time. She was blindfolded and I was kind of fucking her from behind and just doing different stuff. 
she was right on edge. It was just a peak experience. All of a sudden, we hear all this whooping and hollering and the, the hum of all these golf carts. And they're all charging up the hill straight towards us. And my wife's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's, what's happening? What's happening? I pulled the, the blindfold off, and here's like a dozen golf carts and everyone sloshing their beer racing right at us. I never untied anybody so fast in my life. <laughs> threw, her, threw her in the tent. They thought that one of the clues led them to like our campsite. And it wasn't at all. Oh, hilarious. They w- but, wound up oh at the wrong God, place, she, but that was probably the right place for all of them. <laughs> right. So I always tell that is a funny story. My wife tells that is a horrible story about why she didn't like this campground. <laughs> yeah. But then the the main, the, the, the big one, we went to a, a sex camp called Dark Odyssey. Oh, right. That's so, the one I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your, your listeners can look that up. And Dark Odyssey. Multi, yeah. It's a multi-day. It, it was like an old Boy Scout camp that's mm-hmm. now now converted. And it was massive. I don't know how many hundreds or maybe thousands people. And what they did was they brought together swingers, kinky people, people into sexual spirituality and they had everything going on there and they had workshops but they had different play areas set up they had an enormous barn set up as a dungeon that had all the equipment in it all the lighting you know black curtains set up to kind of you know partition off different areas and i took my wife in there we were watching a lot of people playing. There's flogging scenes. I mean, there's gay, straight, bi, trans, every combination you can think of. They're doing fire play, knife play, wrestling scenes. I put my wife on, uh, it was a bar attached to a winch, and I had connected her wrist to that by her cuffs brought her up and then just was playing with her and teasing her. And it gathered a crowd of people who were just standing there watching. And then they'd start either jerking themselves off or playing with each other. It was so exciting to be the focus of attention, but then see everything else going on around you. Mm-hmm. And, and all outside. Had... Yeah. This one was in the barn, but they oh, also or, had yeah. things outside or under like pop-up tents. Mm-hmm. They had one area called the Sexorama, where they just had different kinds of sex furniture, and people could just go in there day or night, all different kinds of combinations. And you're just alongside people, watching each other and watching them. And I remember it's just my wife and I playing together, and this woman having a threesome with two guys who was watching us, and she kept watching us, and it when she was done, she said, thanks for the eye candy. That was awesome. Oh, and that's she... just a huge. No, go on. Sorry. Yeah. There's, it's just a huge kind of ego stroke. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're kind of this old married couple and, you know, it's just exciting that, you know, other people are so excited and that energy is just so infectious. They also had this thing I wrote you in my notes 
called the clit washer. Oh, yeah. You wanted me to ask you about that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, make sure now, to ask me about that. Right. Now, my wife didn't do it because we watched a lot of women doing it. Basically, there's like a it's this guy that loves doing this. So he brings all of his own equipment and it's like a massage table and a woman will lay down on it. Usually your partner is there like holding her or, you know, helping guide the scene. And he has, you know, this warm water jet like hooked up to different kinds of probes like dildos. Mm-hmm. So it's like using a warm shower massage. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like a, a shower massager. Mm-hmm. And he would drive these women absolutely insane. And they all around the campground, and it's a huge area. You would hear these women just screaming and screaming. When you first get to the campground, it's like, what the hell is going on? And you can just watch that all day. It's so intense. Right. And then they did this other thing where you could sign up for abduction fantasies. So anyone that like wanted to be chased and taken captive and they would kind of put, fill out a checklist like they were ordering off the menu of this is what I like. Here's what I don't like. You can hold me like this. Don't hold me like that. And I'm available for you to capture me between this time and that time, not right after I eat, things like that. And then like a bell would sound and you knew that that was the time and the people that were signed up and like vetted to participate would now like chase this woman all around the campground. And sometimes they put a bag over her head if that's what she wanted. And sometimes they, you know, cart her off to one of the cabins and do stuff to her there. And you'd see these women afterwards, just absolutely exhausted and just utterly drained and ecstatic at what they had done. Right. So, I mean, it, it was really, really fun. That's something well, me, I would love to do again. Let me ask you this, because I know you had a list and you had all these things checked off. Now, is your wife, are you guys still married? Did you eventually stop all this stuff? I know that you said you, you know, you're a little slower now because you're older, but what, where's your wife now? Does she, is she around? Do you guys still swing? Are you still together? We are still together and very happily so. Mm-hmm. Um, we we moved out of the city we were in where there was just a lot more activity. We're a little further out. It's a little more rural. And honestly, she's had some health issues mm-hmm. that kind of slowed things down. It kind of eroded her sex drive a bit. Yeah. So we still have sex and enjoy sex, but it's not the top of mind kind of thing. Yeah. That was more, that was more like a hobby Mm -hmm. that we were engaged in for a long time and it was a driving force. And then we got involved with a lot of other stuff and, you know, the pirate hat couple that was our regular play partners that you're kind of our partners in crime. We go to with these other things together. Uh, They moved out of state, so we didn't see them anymore. And, you know, like I say, a lot of the kind of swinger scene, is really about drinking a lot mm-hmm. and and that does not appeal to us you know you meet a couple you think oh they're pretty cool and then she starts saying oh yeah i was so loaded i couldn't remember the next day who i'd fucked it's like yeah not for us <laughs> yeah 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 sloppy oh so I, I don't want to wind up on your bad list because you don't remember what happened or 
weren't able to consent or whatever it might have been. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. I'm... So we, Sorry. we do still have a, a good and creative sex life. We have our own little sex dungeon kind of set up in the basement. It's our playroom. And I've been channeling a lot of these memories into uh, writing erotica. So that's something yeah, that's I'm smart. starting to pursue. And Well, let me know when your erotica is up. I'll, I'll, you know, you could, I'll tell people you could, uh, I'll add it into this episode, whatever, whenever this comes in. I, you know, you're a good storyteller. I said to you on the phone before we started taping, like you have so many things you want to get to. I hope you could just like do your thing. Cause I don't know if I'll remember everything, you know, but you had your list down. You got to everything. Every time you brought something else up, I'm like, oh, I remember that from the list. You know, you. And, but all of these stories are super fascinating. I love the way you told them. It's a very, oh, thank you. Yeah, I don't have to edit anything. It's all good to go. Uh, I love this episode because it's just like one hot story after another, but it's not too dirty, you know, like it's just, it's actually the way I like it and prefer it. And I think it's just like really good and I think people will love it. So you know, thank you so much, Aaron. Now, let me ask you a question. Does your wife know you're calling into the show? She I would does assume. not. How does she not she know? Does, used to, is she the one that used to tell about podcasts? Does she know you're coming on this podcast? She she does not. And Interesting. I just thought that I would want to call in and then hear it to see how it comes across. And then I'm sure I will share it with her. But it's one of those things that I'd rather get forgiveness than permission she is a lot more uh, kind of closeted than i am yeah so even though i understand strictly anonymous and the links you go to to maintain that and you know changing names and voices and all that yeah everything i don't i don't know that she would have been as comfortable Right. But maybe yeah. when she does hear it, you'll hear it first and then you're going to hear how bizarre your voice sounds like because <laughs> everyone always oh, flips yeah. out when they hear it. It's a little change of a pitch is going to completely change your vibe, your voice. I mean, by changing the voice, it changes like the whole vibe, too. So it's really going to be helpful to being anonymous. And then maybe right. that'll make her feel comfortable when you hear it. But if you right. do, because I was I was bringing that up because I was wondering if you, you know, I always do pictures on my Patreon of, of her back at her, the day. If you if when she does find out if she does, if you wind up sharing it with her, she mm -hmm. wants to share some pictures or any of these like little pictures that you have. But not like I, I only do R rated stuff, not like X rated oh, on my yeah. Patreon, but I do that on my oh, Patreon. Oh, I know all about it. You know, right? So Yeah, uh, I, I listen to almost the entire back library. Oh, I love that. That's cool. So, and you did not have a chance to interrupt me at all, but you know, you're always saying that you feel bad when you interrupt. You never should. Even in your very earliest ones, mm -hmm. you are such a great active listener. You'll repeat back the most important part, and you only interrupt to get the person back on track yeah. or to explore something interesting that they were going to gloss over. Yeah, that's interesting so, to me. That's what I, I always... Think you're a great I love that you say that because it really is a part of me interrupting is me being passionate about the conversation that I'm in. I'm obviously love talking because I've been doing this. You know, I make money on it now, but I didn't for the first seven years. And, you know, so what the fuck am I doing it for? I'm doing it because I'm genuinely interested. And I always say, like, I don't really interview people. I don't have any notes written down, nothing. I don't know one fucking thing I'm going to ask somebody. I, it's really wow. just my natural curiosity 
of right. people that guides me. I do this if I'm at a party. If I'm at a party and I'm sitting next to a stranger, this is the same shit I do with them. I'm just curious. I'm an extremely uh-huh. psychotically curious person. So I, that's what guides me. And so I never really know where things are going. And when I'm interrupting, it's because I, I'm like, I'm just so involved in the convo, you know, and I want, like you said, I want to either bring it back or something was super interesting. It's interesting to me. Yep. I'm not trying to get it for any other reason than that. And I think most people that understand my show get that, but some people don't. And when I get those things, I'm just like, oh, that sucks that they don't see the fact that I interrupt because I'm actually genuinely interested in what this person's saying. I hear other interviewers, okay? And we all know, listen, Howard Stern, Andy Cohen, people that I listen to that I really Mm -hmm. like, I, they interrupt mm-hmm. too. And that's because they really genuinely like talking to people too. And they're genuinely oh, yeah. interested. And then I hear other people that interview people that are very successful and they suck at it to me because I could tell they're just a- asking questions. There's no interruptions. Okay. There's no right. interruptions. You're, you're just working through their checklist. They're, that's because they're going through a script. Somebody said something and then there's no conversation back. Like, that's what I say. This isn't an interview. This is a conversation. And when there's a conversation, I'm going to fucking talk. I didn't have to, though, with you. What I loved about this, (laughs) I didn't interrupt you because you are a very good storyteller and you just moved it along and it was always interesting and you went to one thing and another and it was just it was just perfect. So, you know, thank you for making my job easier, but I was very interested, but no interruptions, not because I wasn't interested, but because you were very good at it. Um, but I'll I'll tell you, I know you probably have to go, but as I was going through this and because I've listened to a lot of your back catalog, yeah, in, in some of your earlier shows, you really deal more with the psychological issues and people with problems and how they coped with it. Yeah. And I think those are really great. Yeah. Um, it seems like now, you know, it's more sexy stories or like fun, wild stories. I, no, I so, have like, I just edited one for my fetish Friday that has so many fucking layers to it. And I love it. Those are always going to be my favorite, but I try to give a variety. And I have to say, that's why I've added more episodes in a week because I have this yeah. huge audience now. And some people are just coming for the sexy stories, but I still want to have those deep conversations. So I give, so I put things out at different times, but I feel like I still want to have variety and don't want to ever just make it. The sexy stories mm-hmm. but like i said i have a lot of people just coming there for that so i try to make it about all of that kind of stuff you know right so yeah. so let, let me just float this out there because it's something that occurred to me as i was going through the story i mentioned my first wife was a victim of childhood sex abuse yeah. and how that really impacted her sexuality mm-hmm. and then you know obviously that impacted my sexuality and how i felt about it trying to navigate that yeah and i think that would be a rich vein to to mine too if you ever wanted to go into some of that because a lot of people that are just into kink are just full bore into kink and it's just for fun it's just sensation but there are people that are navigating emotional trauma and stuff and they're some are doing it successfully some are it's a train wreck well, let me and, just tell you, that's exactly the episode that I have that I'm airing. Now, yours is going to air after his. So his is already up and his name is Terry. And I air, I'm air, I aired it on a Fetish Friday. 
It's coming out tomorrow, but people listening to this, it'll be uh, the other Friday before this. And yeah. it, you know, I, I said at the end, like, I wonder if like airing this on a fetish Friday is doing it a disservice because there's so much to it. And there was a lot of trauma in this guy's life. And he did touch upon that and how it affected okay. his fetishes and how it came out. And that's the kind of stuff that I love. So, you know, I do think that that happens a lot of the times. I always try to get that kind of stuff out, you know, because it is yeah. very interesting to me and I love that. Uh, but sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. But the one with Terry, it's very there. So I think you'll find that one was super interesting. Excellent. So make sure to listen to it. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you so much for calling in. I love that yes, you love you my so show. Much. I hope you let your wife listen to it. And if she does, please let me know what she thinks about it, okay? I will I will definitely do that. All right, awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Yep, thank you, Kathy. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at Strict Anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at Strict Anonymous. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. I love YouTube as a platform for my show because people comment there and I try to reply back to every single person who posts a comment. So even if you're not listening on YouTube and you want to talk about the show, go to my YouTube channel, subscribe, like, and share my videos. It's Strictly Anonymous Podcast. If you want to sign up for my Patreon, on my Patreon, you are not only supporting my show, but you will get these episodes early, ad-free, and you get to see anonymous pics of my guests. Most of the girls send in anonymous pics and some of the guys send in anonymous pics. So if you want to see anonymous pics of my guests as well as support my show and get these episodes early and ad-free, sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. That's patreon.com slash strictly anonymous podcast. The link is also in the description below. Thanks so much for listening. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.